T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Let's get to Albert on some NFL stuff. Albert Bria joins us. Welcome, Albert. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing, Mike? All right, let's start with all this... uh, the NFL schedule stuff and and this, you know, very public negotiation that the NFL is going through. They wanted 18, they can't get it started. Now they'll settle for 17. But, you know, the players, if they're smart, they shouldn't be trying to get paid off in preseason games because the NFL has nothing. They, they, they're not gaining. They have to get rid of the preseason games. They should still hold out for money because the NFL wants yeah. more playoffs. They want to start the season later. They want to go to mid-February and they want to do it so they can knock it out of the park with the streaming numbers when they get the next negotiation. So with all that, the players, if they're smart, will hold out for a bundle of cash. Well, let me just, I'll lay out the landscape for you here. And I, I think it's, you know, maybe a little misunderstood by the public that that the last set of negotiations, the face-to-face negotiation between the league and the players um, was the beginning of September, a couple days before the season started. And because DeMora Smith is doing his team visits right now, um, those aren't supposed to pick back up until the middle of October. Um, and I really, at the point they were at, you know, a few weeks ago, they're not anywhere close to a deal. Um, they can hammer away at the minor stuff, but you know, really, you know, the players are looking for a bigger, um, a bigger piece of the pie, which they uh, should, bigger, yeah. bigger piece of the revenue split, and the, the the owners are looking for more games. And uh, both sides have sort of have sort of stood their ground on what the other is looking for. Uh, the backdrop to this, too, and I think one thing that's important to remember here is that this is sort of running on a parallel rail to the television deals, which you referenced. No question. Right. So, like, the, the NFL would like to get something done by the end of the calendar year because if they can get something done by the end of the calendar year, then they can start working on the television deals, which sort of sets the drop back for everything they're going to do business-wise. And if the, the players show some gumption and if, and if they get – someone who negotiates well for them this time, they will get a lot out of the owners because the owners desperately yeah. want this. They have to, ha- they feel they have to have it before they negotiate the first round of streaming numbers ever done. Yep. And the streaming yeah. numbers are going to be enormous. Here's the other part. Um, the other part is that if they go to 17 games, it's going to, that's going to affect international. And that's a really important piece to all this for the owners too. Um, if they if they go to 17 games, it's going to allow for more neutral site games. Um, and but you know, how does the, how does that? But the but the international is not going to help their TV money though. Well, but international here, like I, I think, like from in a, a, a global standpoint, if you look at like the way the league works, they feel like they've sort of tapped out their domestic audience to a degree, right? Like like right. they you can't grow much more than they've grown. Um, it's just as far as what their domestic audience is. So what do you do then? Well, if you're not growing up, you, you try to grow out. And um, so what they've tried to do over the last 10 years or so is add inventory. And so that's trying to go to 18 Agreed. games. That's and Thursday they want to add another football. rung of playoffs, too. So they want to add that's another Thursday. week of playoffs. Yep, that's Thursday night football. That's yep. going back to L.A. Yep. And that's international. You know, like that's how they're, you know, that's that's sort of a next the next frontier of how they're going to grow revenues. And remember, this commissioner was brought in in large part because of 
his ability to create revenue and he's create the revenue stream. And, and he also what, is he's also a pit bull in negotiations with them, right. and, he, and he protects the shield well. He does those yeah. things. He's just a nightmare from a public relations standpoint. The biggest thing, the biggest thing is he's so he's very he's always been very creative about finding new ways, turning over rocks, and finding new ways to create revenue. And one of the ways to do it is to spread the game globally. And what they've done, they've created a template in London um, for how they'd like to grow the game elsewhere. And so, you know, over the next, you know, I'd say five years, they're going to make a decision. Do we put a team in London? Like, do the Jacksonville Jaguars go to London? Or do we play, say, an eight-game schedule over there where every team has to go over there, say, once every four years, right? And um, going to 17 games would give them added flexibility to do that because, if you go to 17 games, now if a team is going over to London, you're not taking a home date away from them. And so that's a big piece of this, too. I, I, you know, I think there's a million different business reasons why they, why they yeah. want to do it. Um, you know, I, I think another thing is they potentially could start looking at pushing the Super Bowl they're going to go to President's Weekend. They'll also want right. to start the season later, which they'd like to do also. They've yep. always wanted to do that. But to me, the biggest thing is, even bigger than international, is they are going to get lucky here. They're going to get one more run of negotiations with new shooters for the first time because you got all yep. these new streaming players. You have Disney yep. coming in in a big way, fighting wow. Netflix, fighting Hulu, fighting Roku, fighting Amazon, fighting Apple, yep. and all these guys, and there might be two new ones in the next year for all we know. All these, all of them, AT&T's involved, everyone's involved, right. all lining up looking for programming, and NFL is number one programming, and that means these guys, whoever hits the streaming model first and gets it on your phone, those guys hit the home run, so they'll pay huge dollars yeah. for that. And what and really like where they've got what what they've done over the last few years, they started to test it, and that's why um, you know you see the Thursday night games on yep. Amazon. That's why yep. they've put I think they put one of the London games was exclusively on Yahoo. I mean, for, for the most those were ways to create money, of course, but, but they were also tests. No question. And what they were doing was they were trying to test the streaming services and see, okay, if we've got, say, 20 million people watching this, will it hold up? Because the last thing they want is to sign a deal with a streaming service and then figure out that they don't have the bandwidth to, to, to support the audience. Well, these, so, these guys do. I mean, you know you're playing, right. with, if you're playing with Amazon, you're playing with Disney, you're playing with yeah. Netflix, you know that they, yeah, they're going to be big players. Right. Of course, of course they are. I, I'm just saying, like, like the, what they've done with this stuff. I mean, I don't think the technology is questioned anymore. But for a time there, they wanted. No, there was. Out, yeah, before five G, absolutely. Right, yeah, and, I, that's I what, agree. and that's what and that's what they were doing over the last. You know, that's that they've been doing that for five, six, seven years now. Is they're testing the technology and seeing that it would work. And you know, I think it's and it's checked every box. You know, so I, I think at this point they'd be ready to go forward and negotiate broadcast deals with them too. And I and I think one of the questions is going to become. Um, you know, is it, you know, are you, are you pitting the networks against the streaming services or, 
are you going to have just the networks competing against one another and the streaming services competing against Good question. Against one another you know what? Two. We don't even know that yet. You know that? Yeah, yeah. And we that, don't that, know yet. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. and there could be, and we could see consolidation there to begin with. You know, we could yep. see, we could see somebody like Apple buy a, a, a network, you know, some, something like that. I mean, anything is possible. So, or Google, uh, these companies yep. are so big, or Amazon, they're so capable, they could buy any one of these networks. So, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see there's going to be a lot of players, and the NFL is going to be the main recipient because they still uh, sports programming still the most yeah. desired well, and the NFL is at the top of the list so uh, it works for them but they still got to get the players to give them the 17th game and that's yeah. why the players are and in a good position with this one the players are in a good position today because the owners have motivation to get the CBA done because yep. until you get the CBA done you're really kind of stumbling around the dark in the dark on a broadcast deal. It's hard to do a broadcast deal if you don't have the CBA done. And they'd like to get the broadcast deals done sooner rather than later. And so that's the, that's the leverage point right now for the players is that the owners are motivated to get a CBA done because they want to get working on the broadcast deals. And, um, and yeah, so that part of it's important. The other part that, that I think we should pay attention to, too, here, they get a CBA done. It probably helps them start to plan looking forward at gambling too, and I think that that's another. As you yeah, know, which another, they made the deal yesterday with DraftKings, which yeah. was the first step to that by making a deal with right. their fantasy games. But that's one more step to go next time to the gambling part of it. Yeah, but the gambling part of it's a huge part of I think where they see their future. In fact, part of the reason why David Tepper um, was such an attractive ownership candidate for them. Um, they really saw him based on his background as someone who could be a leader. And, yeah, he's and, brilliant. And, and he's a brilliant yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah he, they, they saw him as a guy who could really be a leader for them as far as where they're going to go from a gambling standpoint. Very true. Very true. Yeah, and so he's going to be a big player in all of this as well. Oh, absolutely. I totally agree. And, that's, and, and, and they know it's there, but this is the one time where if the players hold their ground, they will get what they want. They're so bad at doing it. They've been so weak in these negotiations, and that's why, you know, if, I, if I'm the players, this is their chance because they, the owners needed collective bargaining agreement done quickly if they're going to make the right moves here for the future. Yeah, and, and that's and, and, and that's it, Mike, is that I just think that there's so much I think that the owners are looking at this now and after what's been a pretty rough decade, right? Like they've dealt with right. concussion lawsuits and obviously there was the, the lockout and the ref C B A and everything else. Um I, I you know, and, 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 and the whole crisis that football's faced over the last ten years. Like I, I, I think you know, they can look forward now and see and, and I think what they see is all this business opportunity, whether it's broadcasting um, through you know the new prism of streaming and all of that gambling, there's all this new opportunity out there for them, and I think there are a lot of owners that would really like to get started on that stuff. And like I said earlier, unless you have a CBA, you can't get started on it. And that's where the players hold the cards right now. If they they want to do a CBA early, you know they've got to play nice with the players, and you know I think the players know they've got some leverage from that standpoint. Let me get to uh, another subject I find uh, interesting, but I'll get to it from a different standpoint, and that is Antonio Brown. Uh, the Pats are going to owe him $9 million if he files a lawsuit. He can't lose. Yep. I mean, I, I've talked to people in the league. They don't think there's any way he can lose. Uh, so yep. with that being the case, if he wants to come back in the league, though, does the league tell him, hey, 
you better be reasonable with us in the Pats for one game thinking you're getting $9 million if you want to come back in this league and make any more money. You're going to make your money there, but that's going to be it. You'll never get in this league again. Uh, do you think that he'll be? they'll play ball to get back in the league, or will they go forward uh, trying to hold the, the Pats up for the $9 million bucks? No, I mean, I, like, I, like as you know, Michael, some, sometimes this stuff Sometimes this stuff gets settled, and I, I as, as angry as Kraft, as Kraft is, and I, and I, I'm pretty well aware. Like he's pretty angry over what Antonio Brown did last Sunday. Um, I think he knows that that this thing dra- dragging through a process with this might be problematic for him. Yes, and he can't so, win. He know, can't win. I mean, if there if there if there is a deal to be done, a deal to be struck, a settlement to be made, maybe they maybe they work. Do you think the like league that. wants him back in, or you think they want to say? I don't think riddance? the league wants him back in right now. I think the league wants to figure out what's happened, which is why the which is why I, I think like what, what you saw last week was a little bit of a warning shot. Now, if you go back to what happened with Kareem Hunt last November, um, you remember uh, the Chiefs sort of worked it out with the league, where the league put him on the exempt list. At like two o'clock on that Friday, and then two hours later, the Chiefs cut him. And so it was sort of—I mean, they sort of the, the league, in essence, took the idea of bringing Kareem Hunt in off the table for everybody else um, because the Patriots cut uh, Brown before he went on on the exempt list. That doesn't exist in this case, but I think you've sort of seen where tacitly it does, and that the NFL, through their statement, sort of a warning shot to teams. Like, hey, you can bring him in. You're gonna not only take a PR hit, we also might put him on the exempt list. And I think that that makes this sort of a bridge too far for teams, where it's like you're gonna look bad if you bring him in. And then there's also the possibility that the league's just gonna take him off the field. And then what are you going through all that for? Absolutely. Uh, uh, we know what's going on in New York this week with uh, the fallout from their young quarterback. But how about in Carolina when the kid who is an undrafted free agent yeah. steps in and has the game he has and what that means for Newton, Cam Newton with a bad foot and this kid going in there and throwing four touchdown passes and playing a perfect game uh, for Carolina and we it is out of nowhere. Yeah, I mean, well, I think, it's, I think it shows that the offense is pretty sound as we saw when Cam was healthy early last year in September and October, it shows that I think Cam's got, you know, uh, what I believe is probably the best supporting cast he's had around him. Um, and guys like Christian McCaffrey and DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel, like a really good group of skill players around him. Um, you know, so yeah, it shows like that, that a lot of the pieces um, are in place for, for Cam to succeed. Um, and there's, you know, obviously a number of different issues there. And so, you know, I, I, Kyle Allen, I think his, I think he's got some skills. I mean, he was a huge recruit coming out of high school, so like he's got talent. Was Didn't even a, get drafted though. He was he was sort of a victim of circumstance in college, though. Like he ran into a couple places where he wasn't a good fit for what they were trying to do. That stuff happens, you know. So he's got some ability. Um, he's not his ability is way above what a typical undrafted free agent would get would be. But I think in this in this case in this case he's sort of serves to shine a light on, you know, there being some good things going on in Carolina and that Cam just wasn't right, um, you know, when he when he, in trying to play in the first couple of weeks of the season. And so my guess, my guess here um, would be that they're going to give Cam his time, they're going to give Cam time um, to get himself completely right before they put him back out there. Uh, and, you know, I, I think that this becomes now a question of who's coaching the team next year. Like, if it's still Ron Rivera and Marty Herney still the GM, Cam's probably still there. 
Um, but I think that this certainly opens the door if David Tepper decides he wants to bring his own GM, his own coach in. I think this certainly opens the door for whoever those people are to make their own decision on Cam Newton. Uh, what happens with Ramsey in, uh, in Jacksonville? I, my guess is that they wind up finding a suitor. I mean, this thing's you know, already gotten ugly. Um, I can tell you um, unequivocally that they did have discussions with other teams about trading him, and they held firm on their price, which was two first-round picks. Um, and it sounds like a crazy price, but we no, it's players. not for him. He's actually I listen. Don't think it is. I, you know what though? I take it down to one and a three for this reason. Yeah, jerk quotient. This guy yeah. is. He's, if he was, if he's Earl Thomas, I give you two number ones. If he's a jerk, I'll give you one and a three. The guy's a jerk. Yeah, and and you know, like that's something you're going to have to deal with if you're another team. You know, and I, I think I think ownership. You know, to some degree, got an influence on this one too, and the reason why is because you know, Shad Khan knows this is a great player, and so you know he's got to sort of weigh this where it's like if we don't get maximum um, return for the guy, right? Like if we don't get a huge return for the guy, well then, do I just ride this out? And you know, I may have a new coach and a new GM and, and all that next year, and and let them make a decision on it. You know, that's part of the equation here too. I mean, they're one of these teams that's. You know, I think got some of those questions. We're going to have some of those questions if they don't play well over the next few weeks. And so, um, you know, I, I, I think the the, the reason I, I can tell you, like like the flat out, Jacksonville's held to its price. Um, and I do think the Kansas Cities and Philadelphias of the world um, are going to continue to be involved in this. Um, but I would tell you that I think I would also tell you that I think you know the. Job status of of Tom Coughlin and Doug Marone there would certainly have you know some sort of influence on the owner and the owner wanting to get the best return he possibly could for the player. How about Delaney Walker's comments? Yeah, yeah, it was something else. <laughs> I mean, I he, he's uh, he's one of these guys that I, I just tell you, I think he'd be uh, there, there are several teams where. Um, there are several teams where I think like he would be a good fit, so it'll be interesting to see whether or not he becomes becomes available as a result of this. Yeah, I mean that's pretty. You know, that's you. Know, you got a lot of this in, in, a couple of weeks in. You got a lot of unhappy people around this league. That's for sure. The, yeah, I mean, the, like, you know, I, I go ahead. I, I I immediately thought like when I when I saw that, I I immediately started to think about like what a good city be in New England, and they don't have Gronkowski anymore, and. Brable's friendly with Belichick, and, you know, you start to put the pieces together in your head when you see that stuff. You know, so you've had a lot of this happen and a lot of movement already with these teams and, and, and quarterbacks and all kinds of crazy stuff in the early season. Then you have the officiating, which nobody's happy with. It looks like in week three they at least backed off all the holding calls. Uh, it, it, it looked like the first two weeks, point emphasis, and then at least a little bit it looked like to me that they backed off in week three. Yeah, and you know, like that's sort of the problem, though, isn't it, Mike? I, like when you're when you're sort of like just waiting for public reaction and then reacting. I mean, it's I, and I, I've always felt like that's the issue with the way the the NFL operates. You know, I just there's a point where there are too many PR people running the league. You know, and it's it, it, like I just sort of feel like if the league office has gotten that way, and um, you know, too often I think you know they make a decision on something, then they. They sit on that decision for a month, wait to see how the public's going to react, and then if they change, if they feel like they have to change course, they change course. Um, I just, I mean, I think more than anything else, what I want is consistency out of my officiating. And uh, like, if you are operating that way, where you are 
you know, you, you've got rabbit ears about these sort of things, then you know, I, I, I don't think that's ideal um, as far as how you're managing your officials. And even like to the point where, and you saw the calls last night, you know, where they challenged the PI yep. calls, and it really felt to me like um, at least the one, at least the one that was called on the Eagles, um, it was clearly pass interference. It wasn't, it wasn't, um, it wasn't egregious, but it was clearly pass interference. And they don't reverse that one. And I think you're thinking to yourself, I mean, at least I'm thinking to myself in that case, like, okay, well, so this has got to be like comically bad. It's got to be a comically bad call for them to overturn it because you watch that one play and it's like, if the idea here is to get it right, then, you know, you reverse that and you throw the flag. Uh, Brown's chaotic thought uh, couldn't be yep. worse. Uh, Kitchens, his play calling has been abominable. I mean, he's been getting roasted, including a fourth and nine, a draw play on fourth and nine, which made no sense. I mean, yeah. uh, also, uh, the quarterback's been terrible. He was even terrible in the win over the Jets. He's been awful. Um, yeah. Clearly, they are in a bad way as they go to play a team that hates their guts. This is a big game for the Browns. They do have a lot of physical talent, but they look like a mess. Uh, what's going on there with this coach who's never even been a coordinator before this year? So that's a tall order. Is he in over his head with this team? Yeah. Well, I would start with, like, I, I think that there is an issue on the roster, and that's the offensive line. And so I, I really feel like that's one of those areas that people don't pay attention to, but that's a bad place to have problems. Terrible. You know, it's, the worst. It's really – it's really, really, and Giants fans there in New York. They hey, the worst, well. the worst. You, you got, cannot you mess up your there. offensive line, and when and they and they gave there. away a couple of good linemen the last couple of years. Yeah, I mean they lost. I mean you think about it, losing Alex Mack and Mitch Schwartz in 2016. Yep. Then two years ago, Joe Thomas retired yep. last year to trade Kevin Zeitler to the Giants. That's a lot that's of guys. Yeah, that's four really, really good linemen going out the door. Um, so you know, I think that I think you start there. Like that's if you got trouble in that area, it's really, really hard to hide. Um, the other thing, and, and I think that this is, you know, what you were getting at with Freddie, um, you know, John Dorsey's taken a lot of risks in both places. He's been general manager, right? Like, so he took a lot of risks as the chief GM. And the thing is like when he was bringing in guys like Kareem Hunt, like Tyree kill, uh, when like Marcus Peters, he had a guy that he was handing him to had been the head coach in the NFL for more than a decade. Absolutely. And is as stable as they come. Yes. And Andy Reid subscribes to those sorts of risks. Yes. Like he can handle any player. He can handle any player. You go back to Philly, T.O., Mike. Yeah. Players love him. Players love him. And he's always been able to manage it. And he's got a ton of, he's got a ton of history with it. Yep. Um, You know, so now you do that and that's fine. You're going to do that there. Like Andy can handle that. It was a lot. I, I felt like, you know, it was just bringing in the personalities they brought in. It was a lot to saddle a first year head coach with when he's trying to establish who he is, trying to establish his program. And so that's what's so fascinating. Well, is he is right he now. hands off or I mean, is he sit on I these mean, players or is he hands off these players? The players, players who's play, who've played for him, like love him. Oh, they do. Like, okay. And he's, okay. And he's got that personality. Like he's got that, like he's, very much like so. He's a player he, coach. He's I a mean, player coach. Talk to, I mean, go to go to you go to Arizona and you talk to, to Carson Palmer, who was his position coach there. You talk right. to Adrian Peterson, who was his position. They coach like him. There. They like. They him. love him. Yeah, okay. and Baker loves him too. It's one of the reasons he got the job. Um, it's just a different job being head coach. Oh, you know? hey, so it's a whole different this stuff, job. This stuff is, and I, I, you know, and they loved him in the spring and summer in Cleveland. 
but I don't think you really get tested until the crap hits the fan. The well, right now the they need a win in the worst way. They they right. they have to and, play a good game this week and stop with the penalties and stop with the awful play calls and the right. bad protections and everything else. Yeah. They've been and miserable. This, and I think Friday can get there. I just think he's been – I think this is a really, really challenging spot that he's been put in with all the personalities in that roster. I mean, I, I and I think – you know, and I think Dorsey's done a good job putting together the rosters. Well, they have they have a lot of talent. They have a lot of talent. There's yeah. talent there. I mean, again, the issue is what sort of roster are you handing to a first year head coach? There's a lot of big personalities there, Mike. No, <laughs> it's mean, a hey, listen, it's and, a tough. It, it's combustible, and it's about to go boom uh, if they lose this week. And right. this Raven team hates their guts, as you know. So and, this, so, and, yeah. and it's a good Raven team too. You yeah, know, I mean, it's, they, they they. I mean, it's. Uh, you know, they, they, they showed who they were over the Very interesting game. Season. They need to play a good game yeah. this week, the Browns. They and really I, do. Yeah, and they don't necessarily need to win. But no, but they need to play well. They need to play well. It needs to be a representative well. effort. Yeah. It needs to be competitive. Yep. It can't be sloppy. And, you know, I, I just think – I always think, Mike, going into the year, like when you can identify the problems before the year and those problems pop out right away – like that can sometimes be a bad sign. And what were the two things with the with the Browns? It was going to be discipline, and it was going to be the offensive line. No question. No and question. both those have already popped up. And so, um, Freddie certainly got his work cut out for him. No question about it. There's going to be an ex- a, a very very important stretch of games. The Ravens this week, the Niners will be coming off a bye next week, and then the Seahawks after that. Very interesting. All right. Thanks very much. Have a good talk to you as always. Thanks. Yeah, Mike. You too. All right, uh, Bria. Back after this. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for twenty-five dollars per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. Five dollars more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at twenty-four monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. Thirty-five dollars per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.